48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Priscilla Ng. The headlines. The government finds one confirmed coronavirus case out of 330 people who were tested during an overnight lockdown at two streets in Yao Mate. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's thrilled with the success of the operation. And the total number of COVID-19 cases recorded around the world has now passed the 100 million mark. The government says it's found one confirmed case out of 330 people following an overnight lockdown and mandatory testing at two streets in Yaomate. Parts of Tung On and Pitt Streets were sealed off without warning at 7 p.m. last night and reopened before 6 o'clock this morning to allow people to go to work. Inside, the government set up eight temporary testing centers and ordered people to take tests by midnight. Authorities also visited more than 300 households and said 93 of them did not answer the door. The head of the medical association, Dr. Choi Kin, told RTHK he was skeptical of the benefit of such small lockdowns. Limited area lockdown. After you pick up the infected person, the area is opened up again to other areas which have not been checked and carriers can still come back to this area to infect the people in this area. Meanwhile, Yao Chimmong District Councillor Li Weifeng says the government may have tested only half of the residents in the area, as he estimates up to 600 people live there. Mr. Li also said cleaners did not thoroughly disinfect the area once mass testing was completed. There was mixed reaction to the lockdown. While some residents were happy with the arrangements, this man called the operation a nuisance. It was very chaotic. I wake up every day at 5 a.m. to go for dim sum and then I exercise because I'm chronically ill. And doctors say I should do more exercise. I'm very angry with what the government is doing. I was born and raised in Hong Kong. I've been living in Hong Kong for 72 years. I've been through riots, big and small, and natural disasters. But I'm not used to living in an environment such as this. The government is just doing a show for people to watch. Chief Executive Carrie Lam, for her part, said she's thrilled that the overnight lockdown had achieved the goals of keeping the operation secret, targeting an area, and reducing the lockdown time. Richard Pine reports. The lockdown yesterday was much smaller in scale than the weekend lockdown in Jordan, details of which were leaked before it took effect. Carrie Lam said on her Facebook page that authorities had adopted parallel testing using both rapid antigen tests as well as nose and throat swabs to speed up the identification of coronavirus carriers. She stressed that authorities aren't taking any potential sources of infection lightly, adding that her administration aims to stay one step ahead of an outbreak and achieve zero infections in the community. The CE called on people to get tested as soon as they are ordered to do so. The government says its $10,000 cash handout scheme has helped boost the economy, even though COVID-19 restrictions put a damper on consumer sentiment. Since the introduction of the scheme in the middle of last year, the government has distributed $64 billion and spent an additional $306 million on administrative matters such as developing computer systems. When asked if the government will consider issuing consumption vouchers to boost the local retail sector, the Secretary for 
for Financial Services Christopher Hui said officials need to consider the feasibility and affordability of the plan. He spoke through an interpreter. The preparation time, administrative arrangements, setting up relevant electronic systems and monitoring mechanism, the benefits to society and the financial implication to the government, etc. Representatives of the tourism sector have called on the government to provide temporary positions for unemployed workers in the industry to help them make ends meet. Four associations under the Federation of Trade Unions say around 15,000 to 20,000 workers in the sectors have lost their jobs since the pandemic began, adding that many have used up their savings and government subsidies provided to them last year. They hope the government can, for example, hire tour guides to help out in the upcoming coronavirus mass vaccination program or become environmental ambassadors to provide information to hikers. It's emerged that more than a year ago, senior World Health Organization staff expressed unease and misgivings about the lack of information coming from Beijing when COVID-19 first emerged in Wuhan. The comments were made in leaked recordings of internal WHO meetings obtained by the Associated Press, some of which were shared with PBS Frontline and the BBC as part of a jointly produced documentary. The BBC's Caroline Hawley reports. The Associated Press obtained leaked recordings of internal WHO meetings and has shared some of them with the BBC. Dr Mike Ryan, head of WHO's emergencies programme, speaks of endlessly trying to get updates from China. The recordings aren't easy to hear, but his frustration is crystal clear. There's been no evidence human human transmission is not good enough. We need to see the data. We need to be able to determine for ourselves the geographic distribution Timeline, the epic curve and all of that. It's absolutely important at this point. In all, around the world, more than two million people have now lost their lives to coronavirus and many more will be living with its effects for years. China's government told the BBC in a statement that it had always acted with openness, transparency and responsibility and in a timely fashion. The total number of coronavirus cases recorded around the world has now passed 100 million. More than a quarter of them have been in the United States, with India and Brazil having the highest totals. Britain, which has one of the highest per capita fertility, fatality rates in the world, has now exceeded 100,000 deaths. Critics accuse the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, of being slow to impose lockdowns. Gabriel Sully is a professor of public health at the University of Bristol. I was so impressed by the USA. Within a day or two of taking office, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris produced a 200-page strategy and then backed it up that day with executive orders to bring it into place. And there is no strategy for the UK. I'm sorry to say, but I do think the government makes it up as they go along. The British-Swedish pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca has rejected criticism from the EU over delays in the supply of its coronavirus vaccine to countries in the bloc. The firm's chief executive acknowledged that EU governments were aggravated about the issue but denied that vaccines were being taken away from the EU to be sold for a profit elsewhere. Here's the BBC's Nick Beek. 
The CEO of AstraZeneca, Pascal Sorio, says he appreciated European governments were growing aggravated or emotional because of delays. But he explained this had been caused in part by the EU signing a contract three months after the UK. Germany is pushing the European Commission to allow exports of the jab to non-EU countries to be blocked in order to ensure member states get their fair share. The UK government says that would be wrong but insists supplies would not be jeopardized. As countries around the world mark International Holocaust Memorial Day, Jewish leaders are highlighting similarities with the mass detention of Uyghur Muslims in China. Here's the BBC's Harry Farley. Marie van der Zyl, president of the Board of Deputies of British Jews, warned the treatment of the Uyghurs was shaping up to be the most serious outrage of our time. China denies accusations of genocide and says Uyghurs are being held in re-education camps. Holocaust Memorial Day marks the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau. The day also encourages remembrance of other genocides, including Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia and Darfur. These Jewish leaders are warning that without action, that list could include China. The U.S. Senate has voted to reject an attempt to stop Donald Trump's impeachment trial. The Republican Rand Paul argued the hearing would be unconstitutional as Mr. Trump is no longer president. As of noon last Wednesday, Donald Trump holds none of the positions listed in the Constitution. He is a private citizen. Therefore, I make a point of order that this proceeding, which would try a private citizen and not a president, a vice president or civil officer, violates the Constitution and is not in order. But Mr. Paul was defeated by 55 votes to 45. He said the narrow margin of defeat showed the trial was already dead. Democrats need to gain the support of 17 Republicans to convict Mr. Trump. President Biden has had his first phone call with the Russian leader Vladimir Putin since taking office. The White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, set out the areas of concern Mr. Biden wanted to focus on to reaffirm our uh, strong support for Ukraine's sovereignty in the face of Russia's ongoing aggression, also to raise matters of concern, including the solar winds hack, reports of Russia placing bounties on United States soldiers in Afghanistan, interference in the 2020 election, the poisoning of Alexei Navalny, and treatment of peaceful protesters by Russian security forces. The Kremlin said Washington agreed to extend a nuclear arms treaty that was due to expire this month. It limits the number of warheads the U.S. and Russia can stockpile. President Biden has set out details of his plans to tackle racial inequality in the U.S. In a speech at the White House, he promised to make confronting the problem a key part of his administration's policies. Mr. Biden said more is needed to be done to help people of color who have been disproportionately affected by the coronavirus pandemic. He also said xenophobia had spiked during the pandemic. Today... I'm directing federal agencies to combat resurgence of xenophobia, particularly against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders that we've seen skyrocket during this pandemic. This is unacceptable and it's un-American. I've asked the Department of Justice to strengthen its partnership with the Asian American and Pacific Islander community to prevent those hate crimes. 
A Philippine province has canceled its award of a 10 billion U.S. dollar airport deal south of the capital. The local partner, MacroAsia Corp, said it won the auction in 2019 with China Communications Construction Company to join forces with the provincial government to upgrade the Sanglia Airport. China Communications was among the firms blacklisted by the U.S. in August for their roles in constructing and militarizing artificial islands in disputed areas of the South China Sea. And a short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was trading at 29,454 points. That's 62 points up from the previous close. Currencies and the U.S. dollar is trading at 103.74 yen. The euro was trading at 1 U.S. dollar and 21 cents. And the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 64 cents. Now to sports, here's Adam Jung. We start in the English Premier League where Manchester City thrashed West Brom 5-0 to go top of the table for the first time this season. They're the ninth different side to end the day in top spot, making this the most competitive top flight campaign since 1987. More from the BBC's Connor McNamara. It's uh, been one-way traffic tonight. Manchester City have won by five goals to nil. They go to the top of the Premier League this evening. Gundogan scored after just six minutes. There was a controversial second. Joe Cancelo's goal after the assistant raised the flag incorrectly. The referee, though, allowed play to continue. West Brom complained about it, but Gundogan had made it 3-0 soon after. It was 4-0 by halftime. Mares with his goal, and then Raheem Sterling was to add another in the second half. West Brom remain in the relegation zone. West Ham United moved into the top four after Thomas Suchek scored twice in their 3-2 win at Crystal Palace. Arsenal avenged Saturday's FA Cup exit to Southampton with a 3-1 win in the Premier League rematch at St. Mary's. Bukayo Saka scored his fifth goal for Arsenal this season, the most amongst teenagers in the Premier League. I'm just happy to be playing for Arsenal, you know, it's a, it's a dream. So I just have the passion when I get on the pitch, you know, the boss, you know, he makes everything clear for me and at the same time gives me the freedom to go and do what I want to do in the final third. So, yeah, I'm really happy with that. Newcastle have extended their winless run to 11 games. That's after they lost 2-1 at home to Leeds. In Italy, Christian Eriksen scored a last-minute winner as Inter progressed to the Coppa Italia semifinals with victory over 10-man AC Milan. Details from the BBC's Alistair Ross. Internationale have won one of the most memorable Milan derbies in years. Christian Eriksen's 97th minute winner in a fiery Coppa Italia game gave Inter the 2-1 win that moves them into the semi-finals. Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored for AC Milan but was then sent off as first Romelu Lukaku and then Eriksen with a 20-yard free kick into the top corner completed the Inter fight back. The Baseball Hall of Fame will not have any new players in the class of 2021 after voters decided no one had the merits on or off the field for enshrinement in Cooperstown. Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were the closest in voting by members of the Baseball Writers Association of America who didn't choose anyone for the first time since 2013. Schilling finished 16 votes short of the 75% necessary for induction. The three-time World Series winning pitcher saw his popularity decline after he made hateful remarks toward Muslims, transgender people and journalists. Bonds and Clemens both face suspicions of having used performance-enhancing drugs. The three men will have one more chance at election next year. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, and that's the news from RTHK. 
Due to the volatile COVID-19 situation, the public should stay at home and avoid going out, in particular elderly persons, as they have higher risk of severe illness. Family and friends should help them with shopping and other daily needs. If elderly persons must go out, they need to wear a mask and wash hands frequently. Pay attention to the latest situation. See your doctor promptly if feeling unwell, even if the symptoms are mild. Let's fight the virus together. The government provides public COVID-19 testing services through different channels. Those without symptoms but feel they have a higher risk of exposure can visit designated public clinics or other distribution points to obtain free test kits. Those having compulsory tests can visit community testing centers for free testing. The centers also provide self-paid services to those needing test reports for personal use. If feeling ill, see a doctor promptly and don't go elsewhere.